up, everybody? Welcome to the Bros and Consoles podcast, episode 18 of the Solo Gaming Updates miniseries. I am one half of your normal host, Nathan Choquette, a.k.a. the Trophy Titan. Name's returning over here because I've been getting a lot of trophies lately, guys. Um, how's everybody doing? It's the first episode of the new week. This is October 13th. And, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it right now. Um, it's been a pretty regular schedule of doing it every Tuesday, Thursday, not counting um, last week. But I think I'm going to go ahead and just finalize this at the moment. Originally kind of talked about be doing um, about like two to three episodes a week, depending on scheduling and whatnot. And since it seems like my work schedule is kind of, you know, tending to be pretty consistent lately, of uh, more like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes Saturday kind of deal. Um, because of that, I'm going to go ahead and just finalize that. Yeah, the, the episodes, I think, will be expected to come out every Tuesday and Thursday, and that'll kind of be the, the normal uh, event of things until Michael and I can get together for kind of more of a regular weekly episode type of thing. But who knows when that's going to be, because... I thought that, oh, you know, maybe I'll just start doing this for for a little while. We'll kind of see how things play out. But who knows with the state of things nowadays, you know. So here we are on episode 18 of these um, solo gaming updates. And no idea when we're going to be able to get the band back together, you know. It's an interesting band, too, now that I kind of think about it. Having only a, a couple people in there. <laughs> what kind of, what, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. What, what bands do I know of that have, like, two people in them? And is it really a band, or is it just kind of like a small gang, you know? Hmm, I don't know. Difficult questions, difficult questions. You know what's not a difficult question, though, is what I've been playing lately on the PS4. Been a lot of things, actually. I know um, over the weekend, usually got to play a lot of things, so that has kind of rung true this time around as well. Got to kind of dive into a few different things. The first of those was one that I talked about uh, last episode, uh, Muramasa Rebirth on the PlayStation Vita. Got to play a little bit more of that, I think because I ended up popping a trophy or two on there. Um, I am sticking with the... What's it called? I I haven't played it, I think, since... Maybe like Thursday might have been the last time I played it. Um, so basically like after the recording went live from last week. And actually after everything was recorded as well. So <laughs> um, I think that was the last time I played it and popped the trophy on it there. But I think I'm going to stick with the... Because there's two characters you can play as. Um, there's the male and the female character. And they have different stories. I'm going to go ahead and stick with the male guy um, as well. The male guy? Uh, I'm going to stick with the male character for the time being. Um, just because I've you know started playing his story. I'm going to try and get through one half of the game. And then go back for the other half of the game. But it's interesting so far. He's basically lost his memory, and um, this ninja clan is chasing after him, and he doesn't know why. It seems like he betrayed them or something and tried to escape and then lost his memory along the way. Um, So that's, I think, an interesting kind of storyline there. If I remember correctly for the female storyline, I believe it has something to do with you are traveling around, and I think your body gets taken from you? At some point during like the first, um, what's that called? The first like boss kind of area. 
So it seems like there's some kind of like soul grabbing soul or like pushing people's souls out of bodies kind of thing in that storyline. So I'm interested to go back to that eventually, but it's going to take some time because each of these, I think, are like several acts long and stuff. So I'm going to try and play through it slowly. But, you know, it's a it's a fun Vita game. So I'm enjoying kind of jumping in here and there. Other than that, um, I played a game called Breeder Homegrown, um, the director's cut on PS4. This one is a game that has a pretty easy trophy list and actually a lot of uh, gold trophies, which is nice. Though the game can be beaten in roughly like a little under an hour and a half. I think I, I finished in like an hour and 20 minutes or so. And the game itself, I think, even in the description of it on the store, says that you can finish the game in, like, 15-something minutes. Um, Obviously, it took me longer because I'm going around getting all these trophies and um, basically kind of... You have to kind of do these um, specific things, finding in the environment and whatnot, and it kind of gives you a little bit more story background as well on some items. So that's kind of fun. But I liked the dialogue in there. The the kid reminds... You you basically play as a kid... um, well, you, you play as a kid in the flashbacks of this older man's um, memories and things, and you're kind of going down memory lane as you um, apparently escape from a, um, I'm not sure if it's a nursing home or just kind of a hospital setting, but your character escapes from there and goes back to his like family home that he um, grew up in. And some bad things happened, apparently. It's a, it's an interesting game, kind of a creepy story. And as you slowly get further and further into it, you kind of start to realize, like, oh, there's some weird stuff going on over here in this this um, home that he's he lived in previously. So it's a fun um, kind of quick game there if you're interested in kind of a more spooky vibe because it's October and everything. I think you should check that one out. There is two separate trophy lists. Separate? I don't know why I said that for Um, There's two separate trophy lists, so if you get the PlayStation 4 version, you can also buy the Vita version. Um, This is one that does not, unfortunately, have a cross-buy functionality on it. So I think you do have to make the purchase twice, um, which I only got the PS4 one, I think, maybe when it was on sale a while ago. But... I mean, this this is a this is a pretty cool game. So if the Vita one ever does go on sale, which I kind of, I kind of doubt would happen nowadays, um, I may pick that one up down the line. But yeah, pretty pretty cool game. I think it's a it's a fun pick for like an October little um, late night play session, and you get a total of eleven golds and a platinum trophy from it. So you know, just jump into that. I played a little bit of Eichenfell as well. I got that on the PS4 um, because I was enjoying it on the Xbox so much. I was just like, you know what? Let's just make this purchase and let's switch over to the the console that I play the most. (laughs) So I ended up doing that. Um, I basically got to the same point that I was at in um, the Xbox version when I was playing it there and put the game down for the moment. I'm having, um, I don't know what I would call it. I'm having kind of an idea that I want to start doing in basically that could kind of involve doing some YouTube videos that kind of goes down the line of trying out these new games and kind of giving like first impressions or first looks at more like indie titles that don't get a whole lot of attention as far as kind of like mainstream coverage goes. So I wanted to kind of slowly start, I guess, piecing together that kind of idea and fleshing it out as a whole. Um, It'll probably be maybe anywhere from like 30 to 60 minute video kind of things um this will definitely have to be in like extra free time kind of stuff so that's why i haven't started anything yet but it's an idea i've kind of been sitting on for a while and i think because of the you know breadth of cool indie games that are coming out towards the end of the year i want to kind of start jumping into that idea 
but I am going to have to like hook up a bunch of stuff for the PS4 because I have the camera and everything that would be set up normally um, currently in the bedroom. So I don't have that set up yet and we'll have to kind of reset it up back in the living room. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. I'll kind of update you guys as I get further into that um, idea, but it's really in like the draft stage at the moment. So that's why I ended up putting down Iconfell because I think that would be a prime like game to, to focus on there in one of the episodes. So we'll see. We'll see how everything goes there. Played um, the two DLC packs of Sniper Elite as well, or Sniper Elite 3, I should say. Um, the, the one that I played that was part of the... Uh, what's that called? Um... I think I already mentioned that I played the Winston Churchill DLC, um, and that one was already included in the Ultimate Edition for the PS4 version of the game. However, I also ended up getting the um, Hunt the Grey Wolf DLC, which is the one where you basically go on a mission and um, try, since it's happening in World War II, you go on a mission to see if you can get rid of Hitler and stuff. And that was a pretty, it was a pretty fun mission. It was definitely a lot shorter than the Winston Churchill DLC stuff, um, because it's only really one mission that you go on. But overall, very, very fun. Um, I was wondering if you're going to have to replay the mission multiple times. And the nice thing is that you can, a little trophy tip here, you can get to the very end of the um, mission and then basically kind of knock out all the trophies from just like saving before the um, actual like last encounter with Hitler. If you save right before then and then kind of just keep reloading the game, then you can just basically get all those trophies in 100% that area. So pretty, pretty cool. I liked the thing quite a lot. Um, there's a lot of interesting ways there that you can like end up finishing the mission. And I think it's not always super obvious. And this may be something that ended up becoming more obvious for like later iterations, like Sniper Elite 4 and stuff, where there are certain interactables in the mission that you don't really see, um, based on like things being, I think, I think maybe if you've played the old, the later games and you've kind of seen things being highlighted in red and whatnot, or even like the last mission of Sniper Elite 3, you may get the idea that basically um, there are certain things you can interact with by shooting them and certain things you can't because they're not colored in red and whatnot. They're not highlighted for you. But the the cool thing about this one is there are kind of secret ways to finish the mission. And you have to kind of really piece together those things based on like positioning and stuff like that. And obviously, if you look at the trophies, you can figure it out. But it's pretty cool. I liked I liked the different ways that you can kind of finish off the missions. It's pretty comical in some aspects and whatnot, but pretty, pretty fun overall. I would definitely play this again um, if I was just kind of going in blind without knowing the trophies and whatnot. Other than that, I played, ooh, I actually played a few other games. I was going to say, I think I only played one more, but no, there's actually a few more. So I started up um, Dark Devotion on the PS4. This is a game that um, I played back on the Switch, ooh, back probably early this year, I want to say. I think it was when I was on my third clinical rotation, so that must have been in like the January, February time or something. But this game is actually really fun. It's a 2D, um, I guess it's kind of close to pixel art um, aesthetic in terms of, yeah, the way the game looks and whatnot. But um, 2D kind of hack and slash, Souls-like almost to a point um, gameplay. 
and you're kind of making your way through these dungeons, fighting big bosses at the end, and really it's kind of a creepy game overall, but very fun and like fast and um, visceral, I would say, as well. So I started that one up on the PS4 because it's one that I wanted to get on there for a while, um, just because it looks like the trophy list is pretty nice, uh, as well as the game itself is just very fun. And I haven't touched it for a while on the Switch, but I think it's just because I want to play it on a big screen, and now that I've got it there, I'll be hopefully diving into that pretty soon. Um, but the other games that have been kind of taking up my time, I've started up Deep, Deep Sky Derelicts. I think this is one that we talked about a while ago in terms of the... Um, the NIC, the, the Indie Corner, basically. And this one is kind of similar to another game that I've, I've been playing recently, um, Darkest Dungeon, where you are kind of making your way through, making your way through these um, like derelict ships and whatnot in space. And you're trying to kind of complete objectives as well as like keep your party members alive and everything. Um, the difference between this one and Darkest Dungeon, though, is that you are not constantly kind of walking down these like halls and things and choosing your path that way. Um, you do kind of choose on the, the map section, or I guess it's like a, a PDA kind of setting that you have. And you, you kind of choose the node areas that you're going to stop at. And one of the interesting things that I hadn't really thought about um, being a mechanic was that every time you move your party, um, you have a kind of oxygen meter that is slowly decreasing over time. And that oxygen meter decreases with just regular movement from like the map itself, but it also decreases as you kind of take turns in battle and stuff. So if like a full round of combat passes by with all of your crew members and all of the enemies making moves and the next round starts, you take up, I think, another like 10 oxygen or something. And you go into each um, derelict ship with, I believe, about 1,000 oxygen, and that's kind of like the baseline start. You can, I think, upgrade that as you play the game more, um, so I'm going to probably have to do that because it does kind of seem to be a like management type of thing. But I believe so far from what I've played, it doesn't seem like the management is too difficult you kind of if you if you do start to like run low on oxygen you can always head back to your ship and then fly back to um kind of the home base um, hub kind of area and then refill your oxygen tanks and then go back to the ship and it's not like everything has respawned when you go back so you're not having to worry too much about that kind of thing and then it's kind of just about you know managing money and fighting enemies and things like that the cool thing, though, is that this game, um, combat-wise, uses kind of a card-based system, and the cards are linked directly to the gear that your characters um, equip and whatnot. So if you kind of equip them with different weapons or different armor pieces and things, the actual like card abilities that they have, um, whether those are like attacks or like buffing your characters, or even... Um, kind of sometimes making your characters like go invisible or healing them and things like that. Um, those are all related to items that you're currently equipped with um, for those different characters. And so it becomes a, a cool kind of way to change in and out your um, gear as well as the type of like attacks that you can use and kind of really strategizing around those things. Um, because there's only, I believe, I think the max I've seen is about like 12 cards based on like your equipment and stuff. Um, you don't have to worry too much about you know, having these large decks of abilities and then kind of running out of cards or anything like that. They basically just kind of keep cycling through at random. But I think it's a cool combat aspect in there. It does make the battles a little bit more interesting because you really have to kind of manage your healing and, like, buffs and attacks at the same time. I think 
originally I was trying to just go in like all attacking, but your um, any damage that's done to your character's health um, basically stays throughout the time that you're on the ship. And even um, when you go back, you're not automatically healed. You have to go to the medic um, area or like the, the sick bay and heal your characters for some coin there as well. Um, but when you do go into each like new battle, your shields um, recharge. So that is one thing that does kind of come back on its own. But a lot of lot of interesting things that are kind of going on in that game. I'm excited to keep on playing some more of that. Um, eventually, there's there's a whole bunch of things coming out right now. <laughs> um, like I mentioned, I played a little bit of Darkest Dungeon. Um, that one is definitely kind of like the name sounds. You're going through dungeons, and the game is pretty like. Um, Lovecraftian in its like horror sense and everything. Um, graphics have always been fun, but the game itself is is pretty um, dark and not not depressing. But it's like um, it's it's like a perfect game for Halloween time, right? Where like everything looks creepy, characters are kind of really like gnarly looking, and the the game really focuses around the kind of stresses of adventuring for your characters and whatnot. And that's kind of a main mechanic in there where you go through these dungeons, you're fighting like these unspeakable horrors and whatnot. And um, at the same time, as you're kind of managing your characters and attacks and things like that against bad guys, you're also managing um, what they call a stress meter. And if your stress meter goes to, so you you start off at zero and then it slowly builds um, based on either like effects from enemy attacks or even like things happening within the dungeon. And if it builds to 100, that's not the the maximum, but it's like halfway there. And that basically puts on a kind of negative, um, I guess, like personality trait on your your character. And I think actually it can either be a negative or it's like a small percentage of it being a positive kind of thing. But overall, the um, the thing being added there is is pretty like annoying in certain in certain places it's not things that you want for sure like it may make your character not accept help from any of your your teammates so if you try to like heal that character they'll just be like no like i don't deserve it i deserve to die kind of thing and so they just will just totally reject your help and it makes it makes managing things in in the game much harder that way but um if you can keep the stress down much much easier to go through the game as well as if it goes too high your character dies of a heart attack so I think if you if you hit stress level two hundred, which is which is the maximum, then your character just flat out is is gone. And when characters die in this game, they are permanently dead. You can't bring them back. Um, whereas deep sky derelicts, if your character falls in battle, you can revive them at the med bay um, for like a, a fee kind of thing. So definitely um, similar games in terms of kind of like look and feel but different in terms of kind of the (laughs) overall like mechanics and like actual like darkness within these things (laughs) but darkest dungeon though very fun i will say that um recently because i wanted to go into it and really kind of dive into the game but don't know how much time i'll have to really invest into it before like the new consoles come out because we're basically under a month now before the ps5 comes out in the xbox series x um but because of that, I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to put into this thing because Darkest Dungeon is a pretty lengthy RPG, um, depending on how you play it. So I did start it off on, I think there was an added um, lower difficulty called Radiant. And um, the original, I believe, is just called Dark, Darker? Darker or Darkest? It's one of those two. And then um, there's one level higher than that. And those were two, the two like original difficulties that the game came with. I think they added in Radiant to be... 
what what they might consider to be an easy mode. But I think this is one of the first times where I've kind of looked at like the game and, and started playing it on a lower difficulty and then kind of realized, you know, like putting it at this difficulty level basically just makes it feel like a normal difficulty because <laughs> even the original difficulty, I think, was pretty it's not noticeably super hard in comparison to the, the radiant level that's available now. But I think it definitely feels like a hard mode versus what Radiant feels like, which is feeling just like a normal mode in a sense. Um, it's not like your characters are suddenly overpowered or anything in Radiant and just kind of mowing through bad guys and whatnot. But the game, I think, is a little bit more forgiving um, there, whereas kind of the original difficulty now kind of seems like a hard and then the one above that like a very hard. So it's it's an interesting kind of thing. I've never kind of thought about difficulties being added in later and like how that kind of changes the like tier of difficulties and whatnot especially when they don't just outright name it like easy normal hard right uh, when they give it their own like names and whatnots it's kind of it's it's a different um, feeling if you're kind of trying out the different ones and this one very very interesting choices in terms of kind of how they've done this but I'm digging it quite a lot though I liked jumping into the the radiant to start a new manner and everything and you know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna probably stick with it because this one, if I if I if switching it to radiant means that I can spend slightly less time grinding and things like that, then that makes the game a little bit, in my mind, um, gives it I guess a new new life in terms of me being able to actually go through this game and and play it to completion because that's what I want to do. Now, I jumped in and did a couple games of Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. That's a, a multiplayer zany game. It's basically like a TV show that you kind of play with your characters. And you're playing it against 59 or so other people online as well. Um, I'm still pretty bad at this game. <laughs> it's not, not something I'm getting better at. Um, they do have a cool thing going on right now because now Season 2 has started for that game because um, they are kind of in seasons of content and whatnot. But Season 2 has a few, I think it's like four or so more added um, maps slash like games that you can play in there. But uh, there's also a new thing called Gauntlet Mode right now. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to stay the same way it is because I do see a timer on there that I think is running for a couple more days. But basically this Gauntlet Mode is making it so that if you choose that rather than just the regular game mode you cut out all the other types of games except for um, currently it's races and that's I think what I was really hoping would happen and didn't know how they were going to implement it I was hoping you'd be able to kind of choose the types of games you wanted to play but it seems like this is their kind of answer to that and I'm, I'm digging it so far because I played I played a I think once or twice on the regular mode and got thrown into like a couple team games and I'm just like oh this is such such like a frustrating mode to play in because I'm playing by myself and now you're on this team of like 11 other random people and it's like a total like toss up whether or not you're going to have people that are good at your team on your team or people that are going to be bad I for one I believe I'm probably in the bad section because <laughs> one like no one on the team is communicating except for people that maybe created like parties outside of uh, matchmaking first but two you know, like, if you don't really play those games very often, you don't really know what you're doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing very well. I'm trying to jump and hit these large soccer balls to our parts of the field and stuff, and it's not going well, guys. not going well at all. <laughs> so I think that, that it's nice to be able to get out of those games completely and just play the races because then it's like one for all, all for one kind of thing, right? And I'm just 
trying to survive and make it to the next level and stuff. I think I got to the fourth game, fourth or was it? What was, yeah, I think fourth game in one of the rounds, and then that was the last game I think I played that of that night kind of thing. And I was like, all right, cool. I got really close, didn't make it. I think it was a it was a new game that yeah it was a new game that I got kicked out on um, or a new race I should say, and that one was a little bit tougher. And I was just like, oh, this kind of this kind of sucks. Like I I can't tell if there are other people playing um, like that have all survived right that are all probably decently pretty good at, at this game. They've all survived, and then they are seemingly almost working together a little bit and kind of keeping other people that aren't working with them like out and I was just like oh this sucks like it feels like a thing of like we're being ganged up on kind of thing and then I can't progress because it's it's such weird like controls the the grabbing has never been precise for me in Fall Guys and I don't I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong there but yeah I was just I got to the point there and I was just like okay cool like I've jumped in seen some new stuff I'm gonna bounce for now (laughs) Then, though, I did a a thing that I haven't done in, I think, roughly a little over five years now. Um, I popped in a disc for, and it's not that I haven't popped in discs for games, because I have, but I popped in the disc for Dragon Age Inquisition and actually started a new game there. So originally, I think I started that in January of 2015 and didn't get very far at all. I think this is actually one that Michael, um, he may have finished the game, but he got pretty decently far in it if he didn't finish it. And I was, I've always wanted to go back and play this game, but I've never really gotten like, I've never really put the disc in and committed to it until now where I'm starting it new and fresh. And I'm just like, okay, like I can, I'm kind of wrapping my head a little bit more around this series now and the way the game is kind of being played and whatnot. So I think I'm going to try and, and play through it there. Again, I'm, I'm committing myself to a large RPG that I probably shouldn't be doing when I have so many other large games that I'm trying to take down at the same time, but you know, we just we just do these different things and we just do what we can, right? Um, other than that, though, the the very last game that I'll talk about was a game that came out today. Actually, um, originally, I believe it was supposed to come out October 5th, and then ended up getting pushed to the 13th instead. Um, I wasn't sure of what the reasoning was. I think I just kind of recently found out that it had been pushed. And so I was pretty excited to see it on the store. Um, but if you're looking for it on the store, you may have to kind of do a little bit of searching. So I'll, I'll get to that in just a moment. But the game is called Forgone. Um, I talked about this one as a game that I had played back at PAX. I forget it was, if it was called PAX West or PAX Prime at the time. Um, I think I think PAX West. But basically the, the game is a 2.5 or yeah, yeah. It's basically 2D. It sometimes has 2.5 like looks and feels a little bit, but um, it's a kind of semi roguelite, semi Metroidvania type of game. Um, definitely has kind of a pixel art, beautiful pixel art um, feel to it. The one thing that I noticed that I remembered pretty specifically from the the demo that I played at PAX was that there was a really cool like turn animation when your character would be running one direction and then you turn them around kind of thing. I've noticed that I haven't seen it in the final product, which is kind of an interesting thing. I don't know if that was just like an earlier build where they had that in there and decided to cut it from the final game or if it's maybe just I'm going too quickly and I'm not really noticing it. Um, But I think it's probably the former and not the latter. And I'm a little kind of disappointed that it's not there anymore because that was something that really like stood out to me as like, whoa, this game's on like another level in terms of like the graphics and the way that they kind of animate things and stuff in the game. Um, but 
the the saving grace of this game is that it's very fun. The combat's very fluid and fast. It feels kind of like Dead Cells, but you know, with with a different type of kind of upgrading skill trees and things like that. And I'm pretty excited to to play some more of it. I've gotten to play, I believe, about 30 minutes of it so far. Um, have not reached the first boss yet. But if you're interested in, you know, popping a few trophies and stuff, I think I'd popped at least like seven of them within that first 30 minutes. So pretty, pretty cool game. Very fun. Um, I was also pleasantly surprised that there is a like voice actor for the main character. And she's kind of talking through like story beats and stuff as you're making your way through the game. So I think that's kind of a cool addition that I didn't expect. I was kind of assuming this was going to be more on the silent side, kind of like Dead Cells and stuff. But very cool, very cool in terms of the the way they decided to do this game and stuff. So I'm interested to, to play some more and excited to do that probably later on today. But other than that, though, I think that's pretty much everything I've been playing. Um, I think there was, ah, man, there was something in my head that I know is coming out later this week, and I totally forgot. But I think it comes out Friday, so if that's the case... I will probably look it up and fill you guys back in on Thursday because that's when the next episode should come out. Um, I'm not sure exactly like time-wise when these episodes go, will go live and whatnot, but generally I'll try to get it probably like sometime after noon-ish or so. Um, that's probably like the easiest time in terms of like, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm watching the, the puppy and stuff and also kind of like making food and doing house chores and things like that. So got to got to keep up with with real life stuff as well as the video game stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> other than that though, hope you guys are having a good week so far. Hope Monday and Tuesday haven't been too terrible for you so far. And I look forward to talking to you guys all again in a couple days. Um until then, you guys can always write into brosandconsoles@gmail.com. Um you can send in questions, comments, feedback, anything that you want under the sun, you know? Um as well as my Twitter at Indy Ronin. Um if I don't get an episode out, I will try to update you guys on there as well. So if you have Twitter and and use that as uh and notifications and whatnot, just go ahead and follow me on there and we can get everything squared away as well. Otherwise, I will see everybody in a couple days. And until then, be safe, be well, be healthy and play some cool video games. Peace out, guys.